Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast so Warhammer and strong-willed that we won't let Zinch win this one. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm your host, Matt, and joining me as always, a guy so dependable that the Dark Angels are considering to rename their fortress monastery after him. It's Cameron. How you doing, mate? I don't think that'd be quite so dramatic. Uh, floating through space. Oh, the angels have arrived upon the Cameron. No, definitely don't do that. Oh, mm. <laughs> yeah, it was funny when you say Lionel Johnson's hidden there as well, <laughs> hidden away in the Cameron. <laughs> oh yeah, I just had him had him in the back of my cupboard for a few years, just been waiting to release him. Can't talk shop, haven't called. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, as I said. It's a special episode. This is a special episode talking about mental health and the hobby and sort of combine the two things. Um, so as it's a special episode, we've got a returning guest. So return is the show, a guy that is the definition of the p- pillar of the community. It's Adrian. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for inviting me on. No problem. Glad to have you back, sir. So it's quite a while since you were on the last on the show. Obviously, mm. it was a different context because obviously it was talking about painting and and hobby it advice. Was, and, yeah, it's quite uh, a while ago now. About eight, eight mm. a year, eighteen months ago, I'd say. Mm. I, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, lots happened in that time. Yeah, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so yeah, it's a bit. Must be a bit, you know, it's a bit different now having it in this sort of context. But I think it's you know also like we were saying earlier, very appropriate as well. You know, sort of having you oh, on for this one. So, so yeah offer your advice so um yeah so uh, this episode uh, i said it's very different for us um so i thought just before we kick into the main bit of it we'll sort of put up we'll talk about the reasons why we're doing this episode and sort of give a few disclaimers and things like that because obviously this is a you know it is a difficult subject for a lot of people and also it's not something like we said we're not you know we're not a mental health podcast we're a warhammer podcast but we thought it's quite appropriate at some point to you know to talk about a very important subject like this so um so again quick disclaimer obviously as i'm sure you're guessing none of us are experts in these sort of fields we're literally mm. just three guys like everyone else that you know have our own personal challenges and experiences and issues uh, like like many people out there as well so any thing we talk about is purely our opinion or our, you know relating to our, like i said our own experiences so we're not medical advisors in any sort of capacity so the advice will no (laughs) yeah definitely not (laughs) so you know like i said anything like i said we is purely you know opinion based so um if you are obviously you know dealing with any of some of the issues that get mentioned in this show then obviously you know speak to your local medical care you know sort of facilities and options that you've got depending obviously you know in which part of the world you are so just quick have to say that uh mm. i think also the reason for this episode i think is it it means a lot to us personally uh, and yeah. obviously like i said a lot of people out there so it sort of i don't know it, I, I suppose it feels appropriate to do this at some point um a few mm. other warhammer podcasts or uh wargaming podcasts have done similar sort of episodes um and I think it's not sort of, you know, it's not jumping on the bad bandwagon as such. It's just more that, you know, can we offer our own sort of experiences on this? And I think the more coverage, you know, this sort of topic gets, then, you know, the, the more uh, people talk to each other, hopefully, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, you know, that's, again, another reason for it. Um, and, and I think ultimately it's sort of how can, you know, the hobby that we love, how can that help people in this sort of situation as well? And how can 
you know, people, you know, join the two together and, and, and deal with it. But again, it's one of those episodes, I think, because we've never done it before, we'll just see how it goes and just see, <laughs> yeah. you know, hopefully, uh, it, you know, it's of use to many people. And, and saying that, obviously, for some people, um, this topic and episode will probably be of no interest to you, which is perfectly understandable. This won't be for everyone um, because not everyone has to deal with these sort of things. So again, don't, you know, if you don't, if you sort of pass this episode by, don't, <laughs> that's perfectly understandable. It's just, you know, mm. something we felt we wanted to do. But obviously on the flip side of that, hopefully some people will get something out of it as well. So that is the <laughs> the reason for doing this show. So uh, also mm. just to say the sort of the way this will go is we'll talk about mental health in general, our, then our own experiences. Then we'll re- talk about how it relates to the hobby, again, on a personal level and things that you see out there. Uh, we've then also got some responses or some experiences from a few people on our Discord. So we'll read some mm. of those out. And then obviously we'll wrap up the show after that. So, okay, let's get into it. So we'll, I'll start with yourself, Adrian, as you're our uh-huh. guest. So you'll get f- first pick on <laughs> a lot of these things. So, uh, so like I said, I think the, the important thing to talk about before we talk about our own experiences, like I said, is what does mental health mean to us? Because obviously, you know, it's a very broad term. It's, yeah. uh, mm. it, there's a lot, you know, there's a whole spectrum of things that encompass that. So, you know, so from what you see out there, what, you know, when people talk about mental health, what's your sort of first thoughts and, and ideas on that side of things. I mean, I suppose sort of the best thing is sort of like sort of a um a bit of a self definition. I mean, for me, it's it's when the way you're thinking is imposing on what you want to try and do in life. So if there, you know, if you had a physical health issue, you know, and you wanted to get out and about and you can't walk properly, that's impairing your your ability to do something. For me, it's the same with the mental side. So if you have something you want to do in life or achieve, and then the way your mind's thinking doesn't allow you to do that because something else gets in the way that's pretty much anything like that I'd class as mental health. Yeah, that's actually, no, that's a very good point, actually. Mm. I think I've never actually, well, not I've never looked at it that way, but I think that's uh, something that often gets a bit overlooked, I would say, because obviously it, it's so easy to sort of think of, like I said, physical issues that, you know, again, yeah. as, as humans, we all have to deal with mm. often at some point in our lives or in some cases, many points in our lives. So it, it is, a, I suppose, a, a barrier in some ways, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, and, it, and the the ultimate thing is that you this barrier can be one of many things. You know, you've got, you know, the big ones like depression, anxiety, stress, and and all the mm. other ones that come with that. Is that yeah. I suppose that ultimately the the common sort of denominator is, is like I said, they are a barrier, um, but that can potentially, you know, completely overtake your life and, and hinder you from doing the things you enjoy um no that's a that's a fair point um cameron what's your thoughts on the same sort of issue uh well for me a lot of the time i feel uh my view on mental health is just got sort of the filter through which i view the entirety of my everyday life um mm. for me personally it's something that's always affecting me to some degree my various issues with mental health and so it's just kind of the way things are um but in terms of specifically talking about our mental health issues yeah it's something that's usually an impediment or a barrier or just something i have to work around it doesn't necessarily stop me from doing something but it eats up energy throughout the day just dealing uh with whatever yeah. particular issue i have on any given day <laughs> so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, do you? And this is this is a question is to both of you off the back mm. of the things you just said. Do you do you mm-hmm. think there's sort of? Do you, can you remember 
the old, when I say old, you in air quotes, the sort of, you know, the pre-mental health, you know, Adrian and Cameron and, and the, you know, the current version of yourself, which obviously is dealing with mental health. Can you, you know, was it, or do you, does it feel sometimes like it's just, that's the way things have always been? Oh, for me, I can feel it going, I mean, I can remember things going on way back to about six, seven years old. Oh, wow. The, okay. with, yeah. the, with the benefit of how things are described these days, that if I was, I'm not, we're going to cover this very quickly soon anyway, obviously my history, but yeah, I mean, the way things picked up on these days, if that had been in place back when I was that age, yeah, there's things would have been picked up a lot sooner. Mm. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it goes back a long way for me. So I don't really have a pre-memory no. of it, to okay. be honest. It's kind of like Cameron was saying, it's like, this is just how the world is for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I have very vague memories of it, at the very least not being as severe. Like, I remember being able to get up easily in the morning and be excited to go do something new and interesting and not having <laughs> to work around an entire day's worth of energy expenditure just to get out of the house. Um, mm. But you know, for me, things were probably always a little on that side. Um, as far as like family history goes, my dad has had a pretty rough time with anxiety, especially over the last 10, 15 years. And I probably was always a little at least predisposed towards it, if not from genetics, from just natural environment. Um, but yeah, it definitely got worse sort of as I grew older and came to understand the world more and just sort of became more aware of myself and what I was thinking, what I was feeling. So I agree with Adrian, it was probably always there to some degree, but I have memories of times where I was less aware of it, you know, didn't, because the problem is once you realize you're in one of those days, sometimes that's that you just can't do anything else with it. But if you hadn't noticed, maybe you could have gone on a bit longer. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, that's, no, that's both very, very good points. I think that actually talking about, you know, in, in context of your, of your father there, that I'm, you know, my, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, my mother always used to say to me that, that she thinks that sometimes when you are, or you say you have a parent that suffers with it, that it can almost be inherited by the children. Mm. Again, I suppose, there's, I don't know if there's yeah. any sort of scientific evidence towards that, but you know, my, my mother suffers with depression and, and her thoughts are that that's where partly why I suffer with it as well, that mm. she sort of, in you know, passed it on in, you know, again, in air quotes um, yeah. from it. And, you know, and I mean, even if it, even if it isn't from a medical point of view, I think that obviously, like I said, being in that sort of environment, if you are in an environment where your parents are suffering with mental health issues of, the, of their own, that mm. you are going to be exposed to it. And obviously, yeah. you know, as we know, your family environment can have a massive impact on the way you live your life and the way you are mm. as a person. Um, yeah. that, that, that sort of goes hand in hand. And I suppose it's the flip side. If you have, you know, if you're lucky to have a family that doesn't have any sort of issues like that and is very, you know, very happy go lucky and, and such like, then obviously there's a good chance you may be, but again, you know, that may not be the case either. Mm. I think, mm. I think personally that when I think of mental health, it's a combination like you said before, like Adrian said, it's, it is barriers. I think mm. it's the fact that some people I, I truly believe are sort of predisposed towards it, as in I think they're, they've got more chance of it. But I, but I suppose it's also fate as well, because ultimately, you know, a lot of them, a lot of mental health issues are triggered by events. And obviously, if that mm. event didn't happen, would, would, you know, would life be different? 
It, it, yeah. Don't know. Yeah. You know that we can never find that out. But, but yeah, it's um, it's the old nature versus nurture thing. Mm. Yeah, I think there are. I'm, I'm. Like we've obviously said already. You know, we're not experts on this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure there are um, sort of actual sort of physical chemical imbalances that mm. can sort of lead to some things, and then you know other issues. But then some of it, like you say, is nurture. It is the environment that can actually lead to it. So it's yeah, it really does depend on the exact exact thing, the situations. Yeah. And, and I think is it also, you know, good talking about the sort of family as- aspect, it also can put, inadvertently can put pressure on you if you, if you suffer with mental health issues and then you have to be wary of like, you know, for example, you know, my daughter, Adrian, you've got a daughter, haven't you? And, and, yeah. you know, you also must got to be wary that you don't, you know, inadvertently try to pass, not, you know, not that you would try to pass it on, but, you know, mm. try to avoid them becoming overly exposed yeah. to it. But then, Again, that's easier said than done. You know, like you oh, said yeah. earlier, if we're in, if you're in that that frame of mind, in that zone, that dark zone that we, you know, we can end up being in, you know, it's in, even with the best will in the world, sometimes you just can't fight it on that given day. So, mm. you know, that these things will happen, and unfortunately, sometimes that's where a trend, um, you know, can happen. So, um, no, that's that's very enlightening. I think that I think we've again, you could be picking these things all day, really, especially with mental yeah. health. There's such a wide spectrum, so. Mm. you know but no thanks for your your thoughts on that um so (laughs) so i was gonna say now we're talking about that side of things i think it'd be appropriate to talk about our own you know rather than sort of skirting around and actually talking about our sort of personal issues that we've you know gone through just to provide some sort of context and and just and and go through that and and uh, sort of open up really so um, I'll, again, I'll start with you, Adrian. In at the deep end. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the guest mentality. You, you got, uh, you got to try. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, if you're you know, willing to, if you can sort of explain, yeah, yeah, of you know, the, the things you've gone through. And, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, so, for me, the main things that, like I was saying, it's, I've, it's like barriers for me. Um, so... It's more like a classical depression. I don't know. Like, I don't know the precise terminology. It feels like a weight over me. Um, so this leads to anxiety of going out. I don't have any motivation. I overthink things, which I think is really common for lots and lots of people with depression. We overthink problems and what's going on. Um, but this started really early on for me. Uh, probably, like I said earlier on, probably about five, six since I really started becoming aware of the world. I just, Everything about it just tended to get me down and I wasn't, I just didn't feel happy at all, hardly any of the time. Um, which, like I say, these days would have been picked up on, but I'm older, I'm 45, so this was happening mid 80s. Um, and as we've been saying about family situations, my dad was an alcoholic, so it wasn't exactly like he was paying attention because he was drunk from like eight o'clock in the morning. So that was just, yeah, that was never going to happen as a family interaction. So, Grew up hard teens, all the usual things that go through as teens, and I started doing models. And that was, even at that age, something that I realised that, well, I didn't consciously make the connection, this is helping, but sat in my room making models, I found a sense of satisfaction and happiness. So, yeah, that's something that I did, I was doing early on, but I didn't actually make that direct connection. Um, but yeah, my mental health was not good at that point, very isolated. Um, just struggling to interact with the world, struggling to understand people, mm-hmm. why they do things, why they were thinking the way they were, and just constantly aware of that all the time rather than just doing what I wanted to do. 
did make it to uni and had a made my first major breakdown when I was at uni in the final year. Probably would have got probably would have got a two one. I was getting mostly A's and B's and I just walked out one day. I just couldn't hack it anymore. Probably about four months to go. And yeah, like I say, would have easily graduated. But it just felt like the whole world was on top of me and I couldn't handle it anymore. And I just didn't have anyone to talk to. Hmm. Couldn't talk to anyone at the college. Um, I mean, there were incidents there. There's one very quick one I mentioned to give you an idea of how hmm. much I struggled fitting in and how I was viewed. Uh, we had a lecturer who, on the first day of the semester, gave us the book list for his uh, unit and the assignment and the data had to be handed in and everything. And he said, basically, if you read the book list uh, you, and hand in the assignment, you don't even need to turn up for the lectures. You know, you can just do it all from that and you'll pass the exam because everything you need to know is in those books. So I took him literally because that's how my mind works. Mm. So I didn't go to a single one of his lectures. <laughs> I handed the assignment in on time and I got B plus in the exam and I was dragged in front of the um, all the parents have been accused of cheating because I hadn't gone to any of his lectures. And I had to sit the exam again in front of them and I think I got a B minus that time. Uh. And the lecturer just hated me after that. Mm. So, I, you know, and that was about... That was the second to last semester, so it was about a month or so after that I walked out. Because, mm. yeah, that was just how much I felt dissociated from it all. But that way that my mind worked on that, I think that's one of the symptoms that goes with these things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys may have noticed that as well. You sort of tend to approach things differently sometimes. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, the depression was well and truly ruining my life by that point. Um, various rubbish jobs, obviously, because I just had to walk out of uni and go do whatever I could do. Uh, one marriage, one divorce, second marriage, second divorce, and at about, well, would have been pretty much bang on 40 years old, found myself in the situation that I'm pretty much in now, I'm just sort of living in a shared house and everything, and I knew that, you know, I was basically thinking, you know, the depression has just ruined my life, I need to get a grip on this somehow, find some way to deal with it. So, started to get to know people online and on Twitter and things. And bumped into one guy who just happened to follow me who painted Warhammer. And I thought, oh, wow, I've got all this time because I was was sat there playing video games a lot. I spent 250 (laughs) hours on the division. (laughs) 250. Just think how much you can paint in 250 (laughs) hours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, you're talking army, aren't you guys? I mean, you can get a lot done in 250 hours. And that's what went through my head. I thought, whoa, what could I actually do with that time? And I think this is one that when you get moments like that, that's when you need to really jump on them. Because mm. you're, you're yeah. thinking like, oh, actually, what can I do here to make things better? And those are the, those are the moments you've got to really jump on. I thought, I'll learn how to paint. I'll actually try and learn how to paint properly. And I just got back into the hobby again. Um, and yeah, it's done me wonders since. Sure, I'm still getting my down days. Um, there are benefits and negatives to the hobby and everything as um, Matt mentioned that we want to go into sort of after we've spoken about things but yeah that's kind of how I got to the point where I'm at now so yeah. I'm using the hobby as a as a coping mechanism basically yeah oh, um, it's, yeah it's doing me a lot of good oh, oh good so that's yeah yeah, quick synopsis of where to where I am now. That was quick forty years for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank, no. I mean, no, but I mean, even even that, just sharing that. I mean, that that's you know, don't underestimate that. It takes a lot. I know you, you've you know, you mentioned things like I said on your on your Twitter, and you know, you do open up, but you know, it takes yeah. a lot. You you know, you are you know declaring your you know your experiences and all the the pain and fear that you've gone through over your life. So no, don't you know? Thank you very much for. 
for saying that, and it, like I said, it provides a lot of context. Um, I didn't know you. I said I didn't know you had been married and divorced twice. I know I thought it was once, but I didn't realise it was. No, it was twice. No, it's twice. So yeah, when I when mm. I speak about my daughter, she's sort of like my ex stepdaughter. Mm. But yes, uh, always me as a dad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a bit complicated to explain, but yeah, yeah. I was sort of there. <laughs> I, was, I was there during her formative years, as they say. So yeah. she still calls me dad. Yeah. Oh, oh no, that's that's lovely. Which is yeah, she's awesome. She's uh, yeah. One of the things that keeps me going on many days. Yeah, no, I can imagine. No, I can, I can attest to that. It's um, no, though. That I mean, do you? Do you oh, I'm trying to where to start on that. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. It's I've got, I've got quite a few questions. Do, yeah, I was yeah. Ask, ask you, anything. I mean, do you? Do you think again, sort of relating to what I asked earlier? Do you think there was a trigger point, or do you think it's just the predisposed, or do you think it's sort of a combination of the two? I think probably the trigger point for the way my mind works was the night I realised when I was lying in bed, probably about five, six years old, that, um, oh, this is going into a re, oh, I don't know if we should say this, but basically I realised that there was no life after death, that you die and that's it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you believe something different, this is just how my mind works. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, um, cause obviously I don't want to go down the religious aspect cause that's no. a whole rabbit hole. We don't want to get involved in. <laughs> um, but that was, uh, yes, yeah, so that was just basically, I'd say that was probably it for me that I just mm. sort of lay there in bed and, you know, it's had the, I don't want to die moment. Mm. Obviously my mum came in and comforted with me, but I think, yeah, that, I think that really stuck with me for life that moment. I think that could well be like, I mean, I haven't thought about it too hard, but that's about the age I remember, I think the world being a bit different from mm. then on. Definitely. Yeah. And that could well be, yeah, I think that, that, that awareness. That, that night yeah that could well be the the start of where i'm starting to view the world the way i do yeah yeah i mean mm. do you do you think that sort of created a sort of a, a when i say blanket that sort of you know that that dark sheen over life that you know it isn't all you know roses and rainbows yeah yeah there's a sort of a, the sense of utility that i get a lot and the uh sort of you know what difference can you, what can you actually do in the minimal amount of time that we have here mm. in the scheme of things? Mm. Yeah. Don't go too dark down a rabbit hole, but no, you know, this is no. what we're here to talk about. Yeah, no, you know, exactly. no, 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 I said, <laughs> don't hold back. Yeah. I mean, do you, you know, do you, that's, I was that's say, one of the things that really gets me. Yeah. No, I was, I was going to sort of ask is for, based on that, do you, do you feel that you're in a position when that, when that kicks in that sort of that mentality, do you feel that it, you sort of think, even if you achieve X, that does it really matter? Like, do you, cause I, it's, I'm only asking it because sort of based on what you were just saying, cause it's something that I suffer with, um, yeah. where it's one of those where you say, you know, say you're setting yourself a goal, um, and trying to achieve something and you sort of imagine yourself setting and sorry, achieving that goal is that, well, if, even if I do achieve it, what does it matter? You know, it's sort of like, it's almost like, you, you know, you're putting all this effort into something that ultimately may not matter, which, yeah, sure. uh, you know, I, cause I just, I'm only sort of asking that because obviously it's not, this, sort of is, um, this of is actually sort of one, this is one of the sort of things that I was going to cover in the benefits of the hobby. I'm going to mm. sort of start, should I just dive into that while I'm here or do you want to go around everybody else first or? Um, well, well if, if you I can hold that it. point. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I'd, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll mention be... it briefly. I mean, all I was going to say was, basically just sort of very quickly on it mm, is um, the painting stuff. It's something that you can sort of leave behind for longer. Um, mm. So things that humanity as a whole tends to appreciate over long periods of time as art, literature and things like that. So if you make something that people view as art, it may well be remembered and kept mm. and treasured beyond we're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a 
that's something that I quite like. I, yeah, the idea of it, that's actually something I'll, going for yet another tangent, the way I actually want to take my hobby making is actually try and make little bits of art rather than just yeah. mass production. No, that's a, that's a fantastic way of looking at it. And yeah, that's a good, that's a very valid point, actually. And I think that it, uh, I, I mean, what the, the example I was using with, it wasn't actually Warhammer, but it was sort of thinking that sometimes I, you know, I suffer with that where it's, like I said, it's a situation where I think, oh, I don't know if I could, I could go put all this effort in and then it be for nothing. And yeah, uh, in, sure. You know, it's just, I think that's something that I said a lot of people suffer with. Um, but no, thanks for Without sharing your, that experience because that's, that's really put, I think, a, uh, you know, some context to obviously what you're, um, explaining. Uh, Cameron, um, I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's your turn. Um, swivel the spotlight round. Yeah, 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 that's it. yeah. Right. swivel it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cameron, can you start right. to talk about your experiences, please? Yeah, uh, not to be entirely unoriginal, but um, it turns out my story is actually very, very similar to Adrian's. Um, <laughs> I was just listening to you talking like, oh yeah, no, this is almost exactly the same as mine. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I was I'm clearly the sequel that comes 20 years later um <laughs> yeah um I was I was a bit more fortunate in terms of um my father at the very least was not an alcoholic which very sorry you had to go through all of that um but yeah um as I said much earlier it's probably always a bit present um but got worse and worse through um high school sort of got older and you know, the pressure they put on kids mounts up after about <laughs> seventh grade because <laughs> suddenly you're determining your entire future um, right off the bat when you're like 13, which is awkward, uh, at least how they bill it to you, so you take decisions seriously. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and it was, um, it, was just, it was just something that built a little over time. There was sort of a triggering event. It wasn't because I was already dealing with it beforehand, but it was something that made it worse uh, pretty immediately. Um, I tend to be a fairly emotionally dependent person, um, and when I was in my last year of high school, uh, I was in a long-term relationship with a girl I'd known since I was in in pre-primary, actually. We'd known each other quite a while and sort of met back up online uh, when we were both in high school, and you know... um, and she struggled a lot with depression, and then uh, her father killed himself, and everything went downhill from there for both of us. It was very rough on both of, the, both of us, obviously a lot rougher on her. <laughs> um, but that was right near the end of the year as well, so I was dealing with that. I was doing productions for the school music and drama departments. I was doing my final exams to determine if I could go to university or not, um, which turned out to be a bit of a waste, actually, but, you know... Um, everything sort of compiled on top of each other, sort of fell over, and as soon as school finished, I sort of crashed immediately into what wouldn't be diagnosed for a couple of years, but it was definitely a pretty heavy depression, um, to the point where, um, similarly to Adrian playing a lot of video games, uh, school ends in December for us, but for me it ended mid-November that year, because the last year of school ends a little earlier, so they can process all the exam results and stuff. Uh, and I, as, you know, graduation present, I got a PS3 and a copy of Skyrim, and I did not leave my room for literally three months until it was time <laughs> for university in, at the end of February. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was enjoying myself. I was playing video games, which is something I hadn't really had much of a chance to do so do before, but also it was very definitely me dealing with I don't want 
to deal with any form of emotional pressure or difficulty or anything um, because things had gotten much worse. And I started university and I met people there and I made friends there. Um, and over the first couple of years, things got a little worse. And then halfway through my second year, I had a bit of a breakdown <laughs> um, and had to take a six month leave of absence from university. So I missed the second semester. Um, and then I switched things around because dad pressured me to do a science course. So I was doing forensic science and I was really good at the practical component. I couldn't do the theory. There was a lot of pressure to succeed there and I couldn't deal with that. So I switched around to a bachelor of arts in creative writing and I just couldn't go anymore. Like, uh, I loved all the people there. It was a lovely campus, but just the association at that point, because from my point of view, <laughs> I had to wake up at 5am some mornings to get to uni on time because I live up in the north, all the, all the universities here are in the south of the city, and I couldn't drive, even if I had driven, I would have had to get up that early, and you know, my mornings most days of the week were spending 45 minutes to an hour and a half on a train, desperately trying to stay away from everyone else on the packed morning train, and then I got to uni, and then I had to work and work and work, etc., and it was just so much, um, <laughs> and yeah, that sort of broke down, and um, I was doing... Oh, and then after that, I got some work back at my old school as a classroom assistant. That was going all right, but again, I really wasn't in a very good way, and, you know, I'd have to miss days or weeks of work at a time, um, until at one point my mum got so frustrated with me that she yelled at me for about an hour straight and told me to go see a doctor if I'm feeling sick all the time, because that was the only excuse I thought could pass, was, you know, I feel physically ill, I can't say, you know, I feel like I'm dying inside or anything like that. Um, be a bit dramatic for a start. And obviously one of the big things with depression and anxiety is they tell you that no one's going to believe you about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so making up excuses is a much more reasonable uh, course of action, or at least it seems so in that state of mind. And um, I was more afraid of her than I was of going and talking to the doctor I'd known for 10 years. So mm. I booked a doctor's appointment and... Um, had did like a quick questionnaire, answered some questions, and it walked out of there with a diagnosis for general anxiety disorder and clinical depression, um, which is nice to... It was really relieving, actually, to sort of put a pin on what exactly the problem was, because I knew I was depressed and I knew I was anxious, but part of me didn't really pass. This was a mental illness. It was just, you know, the world shit. I am a piece of shit, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, why should I go out and deal with people they don't benefit from interacting with me in any way, which was obviously not a very healthy state of mind. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get a doctor who believes in practical starts and just immediately put me on a series of antidepressants, um, which actually worked really, really well overall for me. Um, the first two months were hell <laughs> because I had super severe side effects. Um, I'd get nauseous for about an hour after taking a pill. I'd take a pill once a day, every day, right before eating, um, <laughs> which is a bit awkward, obviously. But, you know, I went for a checkup after a couple of weeks, and apparently super severe side effects means you're likely to get better benefits out of it as well. And um, hmm. I, I did. I was on them for about a year until I couldn't afford to be on them anymore because, as I've mentioned on the main show, um, the Christmas holidays is sort of crunch time money-wise for me because I'm not earning when there's not students to teach in any capacity. Uh, and just, you know, after a year, I literally didn't have the money to refund my prescription and I fell off of them. 
and I was not better, but I was all right. Um, for me, I think a lot of it was because it's definitely not a specific trauma or anything that has gifted me with all this anxiety and depression. There's, as I said, it's something that's always been there, and I think it's probably just more of a an imbalance thing. And that year of being more or less stable um, really sort of let me sort myself out and get on top of myself and, you know, figure out what I can do when I'm feeling down. Because, you know, even on antidepressants, you still have down days and up days. It's just the curve is smoothed out a little bit more. Um, and I haven't been back on them since. And that was it's 2020 now. So that was, that would have been 2015, 2016, I think. No, it would have been, would have been 2014, 2015. I was on them. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's been about five years and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't died of mental illness yet, which is nice. Um, <laughs> overall, <laughs> I'm pretty glad about that. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, you know, since then, obviously, my highs have been a little higher, my lows have been a little lower, um, but I've been able to cope with it since then, and it's also nice not to be suffering the side effects. It's um, it's difficult to work in child children's education when uh, one of the side effects of your medication is extreme irritability. Um, I remember I had, like, a, <laughs> I had a five-minute shouting fit at a group of, to be fair, a group of very naughty children. Um who in the middle of year 12 exams ran through the entire school screaming their heads off instead of walking calmly back to class with me like they were meant to, and it was hot and everything. There's any number of excuses I can make. The primary thing was I'd been on antidepressants for three and a half months at that point, so I'd just settled in, but I hadn't learned how to hold back. Because instead of, instead of being anxious and depressed and beaten down by everything, part of me just was now very angry, <laughs> which is an improvement. Because it's more of an energetic emotion, but it's something you really have to pull together. Um, fortunately, the kids were very understanding about all that. And, you know, they did understand that they probably shouldn't yell when the entire school is plastered signs that say, keep quiet, exams on, um, and all that. And I apologize as well, because it's important to admit your faults when kids are learning, obviously. Um, yeah, and ever since then, I've sort of been not coasting along, but sort of keep keeping on keeping on um as i said then mental illness is not always a barrier for me for me i think i often picture it a lot more as just a weight like it's mm -hmm. not specifically going to stop me from doing anything but it makes anything i do you know depends on the day it could be just be half as hard again you know just plus 50 percent, or it could be 10 times harder just to do the basics you know get out of bed shower do your teeth all that kind of thing um yeah but it, it's it's good to be more stable. You know, I've managed to build myself up to here. That year of being more stable, I was a lot more social. I remade a lot of friends. I got into uh, various hobbies again. Um, got into a lot of things right after I was on um, antidepressants. Actually, I think just after I fell off them was when I started podcasting. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> or maybe a year later. Sometime relatively soon after. Like, that year to just sort of be relatively stable, sort myself out, you know, build a proper support network, which is a really important thing to have, um, was really helpful because, you know, if you have anxiety and depression, a lot of times you distance yourself and I can't blame people for not proactively pursuing a uh, conversation with me or anything after that, but like, um, getting that, getting that group of people you can turn to and talk to openly is really, really important. Um, 
And yeah, um, oh, I totally forgot to mention. <laughs> On top of all that, I had occasional um, suicidal ideation. So those are intrusive thoughts. I was not actively suicidal, but I would be driving to work and randomly my brain would go, oh, there's a tree in the side of the road, crash the car into it. And I'd have to go, no, I'm going to be late if I do that. Mm. <laughs> Just sort of argue myself down from these random unwanted thoughts. And fortunately, those went away um, when the worst aspects of my anxiety and depression were dampened uh, by, uh, well, drug treatments, honestly. Um, my family really wanted to push for me to go to therapy, but I really felt that there's no super inciting incident in all this that's not really going to help. Um, and I honestly still feel like that. And I also feel maybe pressuring someone with this severe anxiety issue to go talk to a stranger about their problems for an hour a week is maybe not <laughs> the most appealing course of action to set in front of mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah, there, um, and that, that's the basics of my story. Um, I, I do have you beaten one area, Adrian, you said you had what, 250 hours on, uh, the division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I checked back, uh, Right, right as I went onto my antidepressants, um, PlayStation was doing all the, you know, your year of whatever, and that year, leading up to me getting on antidepressants, I'd played 1,013 hours of Destiny 1. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because that was the only way I could socialize safely, <laughs> was with yeah, people yeah. in, like, the American military on a base somewhere, <laughs> on a bad internet connection, telling me to do the damn boss properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. I was on um, I think 500 hours on Destiny 1 that's my mm. that's, bit, that's my <laughs> most yeah. ever played game <laughs> for similar reasons clearly, actually. clearly I have a lower threshold for thinking yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no thanks for sharing that Cameron that's that's, no, that's very enlightening right, it's um it, 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 it you, you picked up on well quite a few points that or yeah. there's quite a few similarities in you know things that are getting discussed and it, you know like you mm. like you mentioned the fact of that, you know, feeling worthless, um, which is again, a very common sort of theme, mm. uh, with a lot of mental health. It's, you know, those, like I said, those suicidal tendencies, which like I said, I think yeah. again, is quite a common thing where it's like I said, you're not yeah. realistically going to act upon it. Cause I think no. people that do potentially act upon it is a, is to a different level. Whereas I think mm. the, you know, it, I think questioning your existence, you know, and whether you, you, you deserve your existence anymore. Like mm, I said, yeah. is a, you know, another byproduct of, of, of all these things. And, um, and again, I think it's, it, it just shows just even with both your two backgrounds that you've just described is mm-hmm. that, that again, there's lots of similarities, but again, lots of differences. Like you'd imagine, like you said, you, you know, like you said, Cameron, you didn't particularly think there was a necessary trigger point. It could be, like I said, mm-hmm. a, 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 an imbalance or the fact that you again, maybe predisposed, you know, again, towards yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, and I'm sure you both agree with me. I think when, unfortunately, when you go down that slippery slope, it's trying to claw yourself back. It feels mm. like almost impossible. It sort of feels like, you know, some, for some, again, it, it, it all depends on experiences, but sometimes it feels like, you know, life can be okay. You know, you're ticking along and then, you know, either something happens or all of a sudden gradually, you know, things start mm. declining. And, mm. you know, so getting back to that point where you feel you maybe were at your happiest again, that can be in air yeah. quotes because again, <laughs> it, sometimes for some of us, it feels like you never, we're never happy. Yeah. Um, which, which is sad, but I think that's also a, a reality as well. I think some people just don't really experience what I'd say true happiness. Do you, do you agree mm. with you, that um, as well? Yeah. yeah. Um, did you ever see the film with some, do you ever see as good as it gets? 
Oh, is that the Jack Nicholson one? That's, yeah, that's literally what the mm. line means. It's like, you know, they're, they're suffering, they've got these issues. It just says one day, say, what, what if this is it? What if this is as good as it gets? Mm. And that is reality for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is one thing Cameron talked about that I didn't mention, which I should have really is, I mean, yeah, I went to my doctor as well. And he put me on antidepressants and I had exactly the same benefits that Cameron oh, did. Good, we have exactly so, the same story, Mark. Yeah, I think I think you and I are pretty much bang on the same bang on the same there, but I did go for therapy as well. Okay. Um I went for uh C B D cognitive behavioural uh, therapy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's not your stereotypical, you know, talking to a psychiatrist on a couch thing, it's more coping strategies. Mm-hmm. Um helping mm. you actually sort of develop a, a positive way to actually operate in the world. Yeah. And I found that really useful too. But yeah, I had the very same, almost exactly the same thing with the antidepressants. So they didn't necessarily yeah. fix everything, but they just leveled it out enough to be able to work out more doable strategies, more ways that I could just sort of actually get through the day without needing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't taken them now for three years. Okay. Um, and the last time I went back to my doctor, sort of, I just, funnily enough, it was actually that, you know, you were saying about like the weird suicidal things that you're never mm. going to act on. Yeah. And I went in to see him because I said, you know, I, last week I was just sat at home just wondering who to give all my stuff away to. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, mm. who's going to have everything? And, I, and he just looked at me like, yep, I totally get that. Yeah. I've, luckily, I've just got a really good doctor who's like, yeah, do you want to go back on the medication for a few months? And I did, like, just over the winter, I went back on them again. Mm. Yeah. But it's, those thoughts are, yeah, those, they're totally common. It's not like you're actually going to do anything about no. it. Mm. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, the brain just goes, you know, yeah, what, what if? Yeah. Get a grip on it for a minute. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, again, it's all part of that overwhelming feeling. I think that's the thing. Whereas in reality, trying to break things down to smaller pieces to sort of claw you, like I say, claw yourself back towards, yeah. I'll say happiness, but that's probably not the right word. Um, but yeah, Fun- I think functional for me. Yeah. But is that, well, exactly. That, that's the thing. No, that's a key point. I think, I think it's actually mm. saying what, because for some people, just being functional is their form of happiness. Because if you've yeah. never even got to the level of what you consider true functionality, again, whatever that means to you, is that that's, you know, whereas for some people, that's not enough, is they want to, you know, get to sort of happiness level. Um, yeah. hmm. but it, but then it, that's, uh, talking of happiness, um, I've, as part, I'll, I'll go on to my history in a minute, but it, mm. I'm, I've been reading a book called The Happiness Trap which um, basically is was recommended to me by my psychologist, which is on the focus of of the fact that it's part of this, what they call ACT, which is a bit like CBT, ACT is a, mm-hmm. another sort of acronym uh, to do with accept, basic acceptance therapy, yeah. where you just accept the way things are and yeah. not trying to fight the things you can't fight, but, but yeah. you know, work on the things that you can work on. Mm. So the basic yeah. sort of premise... Makes yeah. So, I mean, the, the basic sort of premise behind it is the fact that you uh, understand your values. What do you value most in life, just in general? It, it doesn't have to be like naturally things like, oh, you know, my daughter, my family. It can be just anything. It's just like, what are you, what are the things that mean most to you? And obviously there's lots of things that don't mean that much to you in life because, you know, because we're, we're all different people with different type makeup. And basically you focus on that and then the negative thoughts that come your way, which again is a massive, you know, thing with obviously with mental health and whatever you're suffering with, where that little voice is giving you the, I'm useless, you know, and it basically, the, the, the sort of, this course sort of treats you or teaches you, I should say, how to deal with those negative thoughts where basically you just treat them as a thought, you know, by yeah. where that little voice is saying to you, you're worthless. 
Mm. You just look at it as just words. It don't. It don't mean yeah. anything. There's even like techniques where you you sing you sing the the line. You know, I'm worthless to the the theme song of Jingle Bells, for example. It's things <laughs> like that where you just where you it's, it's called diffusion, basically, mm. where you diffuse mm. the negative thought because it's basically what what you what it's trying to do is train your brain to be in the situation where every thought you get, you're basically asking the question: Is this thought helpful? And obviously, if it is, you embrace it and you know, take the thought on in whatever that context is. If it's not helpful, mm. you just tell it to get lost, basically. You just push it aside yeah. saying, right, you're not a helpful thought. You're not helping me. So I'm just going to, you know, pass you aside. Again, easier said than done. That's not, it's not, <laughs> yeah, a, that's, you, know, um, you know, that's not, but that's the sort of the premise behind it. And, and what the point it's trying to make, sorry, relating it back to the happiness thing is that why the book is called The Happiness Trap is that the fact that we're pursuing this happy, you know, for all of us, we're trying to pursue this happiness. Like, oh, you must, you know, you've got to look like this, look a certain way, you own a certain car, you know, whatever mm. that means. And really, even if you got those things, would you actually truly be happy? Because it's, again, it relates to your values. If, if you know, if one of your values is I must have a really lovely car, then that's fine. Then it w- that will mm. help towards your happiness. But if you're not, then it's going to mean nothing. Whereas if like uh, me writing a book is a big value to me, then that's going to, you know, it's sort of aiming your direction and putting your energy, which again, as, as Cameron mentioned, sap, you know, can get sapped from, you know, all the anxiety and depression that, that, you know, you end up dealing with where obviously energy can be a bit of a premium. It's devoting that into the things that are actually worth it and the things that mean a lot to you personally. Mm. That's because that's ultimately what you could define as true happiness you know, pursuing the things you enjoy, not the things you think that society is telling you should Mm. be the things to pursue, for example. So that's pretty much sums up exactly what I was going to say as my final point on actually on advice. It's just Mm. find, yeah, find, find something, finding something that gives you meaning to yourself. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's the key to find your own happiness. Definitely. Definitely. That sounds like a really good book. I might have to. I'm gonna have to get. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it was it was recommended by my uh, my psychologist, and again, I you know I, I've read other books which you know you think mm-hmm. yeah okay and you know you give them a go, but they don't. Well, never, to me personally, have never felt like they've impacted me. Whereas this book, I think why I like it is it doesn't. It actually comes across like it's not trying to say ah here's a magic wand and things mm, will be solved. Yeah. It actually is like this may not work for you, but. It, what's quite good is it uses very practical examples um and yeah. you know it makes it's more of a i like it because it's a logical approach as opposed mm, yeah. to just trying to you know come up with things that you think really is this ever going to work so um yeah no check it out it's by uh i've got his name robert or such and he's got it begins with r so yeah check, uh, russell yeah, i think he's find, yeah happiness you'll find, you'll, enough to find yeah you'll find it um cool. cool well i better talk about my experience then <laughs> um so I mean, as similarities to both of you guys, um, I mean, my main two is depression and anxiety. More depression is the longer one. That's mm. uh, anxiety is more of a, a recent one, I would say, in my case, probably the last sort of five years. Whereas depression, again, I think I was probably more of a trigger point um, in the sense that I think things went downhill for me probably when I was around 18, when my parents split up. So I think mm. sort of pre 18, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I still was probably unhappy in some degree as in, I, you know, I went to school, but I, you know, I didn't really fit in anywhere, even though I've always been in my head, quite a level guy, you know, quite a, you know, I'm not an extreme sort of guy. So I 
in theory should be able to fit in most social groups. I sort of didn't really. I sort of drifted between friends. Uh, you know, I did okay at school, uh, but I never felt like I fitted anywhere. But I, you know, it, it didn't, it, I got by. But then I think then when at 18 or 18 going on 19, um, I was in the middle of doing my degree. So same similarity mm-hmm. where we're all talking about when, when that's what the episode we called when degrees go wrong. Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, um, I did, uh, I did my degree at, when I say at home, as in I, uh, it was a situation which I think you made me familiar with. Uh, Adrian, where I was doing an HND, which is the first two years yeah. of a degree, and then you can go to uni to do the third year. So if, effectively, that's exactly living. what I did. Yeah, that's so exactly what oh, I did. did I you? jumped up oh. to a BSc from an HND. Yeah, so it was similar sort of approach, but I could what it what it meant was I didn't have to go to university in the sense I could do the um, at the local college, so which meant I could live at home and such like. Um, which because again, I was very ang- I didn't I was very anxious about going to university and, and don't, I, you know, honestly, I thought, I don't think I can cope. And I don't think that was because of, of depression or anything like that. It was just, I don't think I was a person made for university. So I didn't feel that was appropriate for me. Um, and then, you know, about a year in, it was all, everything was fine. And then like I said, a year in, uh, my parents, but basically my dad was having an affair with one of the women he worked with, um, and basically walked out on us, uh, out, out of nowhere, basically. Um, which you know i think the the trigger why that was probably the trigger for me it wasn't because i lost my dad well you know obviously not not literally but um and i think it was the fact that if what the impact it had on my mum because i was very i'm very close to my mum even before that happened um and but not overly close to my dad we got on you know we were fine as a as a father and son but we you know he was a, I, I used to call him a paint by numbers father where he just did just did the basics you know he wasn't a bad dad you know apart from what he just did then but he wasn't a you know he didn't mistreat me but he didn't really go the extra mile either he was sort of just you know just there but there in, in very basic terms so i think that what tr- the trigger for me was was when my was like i said was what happened to my mum because effectively she she already had depression uh postnatal depression from when she had me and that just completely you know took her off rails um and obviously it was i i think then that brought me down and kicked in my depression because i sort of felt as a you know a fresh-faced 18 year old going on 19 year old that sort of my my world had been rocked my world had sort of literally fallen apart my family had fallen apart and i was left to pick up the pieces um an age where you know should, that should be about you know evolving you know you i said you, you're going to university or, or whatever you're doing doing your degree you you know you're socializing you 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 know you're, you're having relationships you know and such like and, and that just sort of completely went off the rails and uh i think the hardest thing was dealing with my mum um because you know she she had you know suicidal tendencies um you know she'd be it'd be a situation where I'd come back from work and she'd be, I'd be wondering where she was and she'd be literally curled up in a ball crying in a dark bedroom. You know, it's just one of those things where, and I, and the thing is, I don't think I, I didn't have anyone to support me. I think that was the problem. And it just, I think a bit like what you were saying, Adrian, about, you know, how you, what you experienced at sort of, you know, six years old. I think it just made me think this world is shit. I don't what you know what if if you know if this is what the world does to people 
what is the point really what you know where where is the happiness here where you know what you know we're we're you know in you know in your head you're like we're nice people we don't you know no one deserves this and i know that you could apply that to a lot of people that have misfortune in the world but it just made it just put a, a massive dark gray sheen over the world it made it made everything hard it made it made it it made me not really want to bother with people particularly which again is a common theme that you guys have mentioned in your own experiences um and and i i don't think i've ever recovered from it and i don't think my mum's ever recovered it obviously we're we're in theory we're in better situations now because this is obviously quite a few years on um but you know it even now you know it, it's sort of like i said this is sort of what, 15 no longer 17 years ago that uh, you know nothing it, things have changed we have got into better situations but that 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 hatred that grayness is still there um you know of what the world i mean i've 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 never bothered with him ever since he did what he did he's actually in australia ironically oh. um um yeah he, he left Awkward. many you know yeah he meant he left there many years ago to immigrate there so I've, I've never bothered and i don't feel any loss for that i don't feel uh that but um i think also the, the other thing that I, I which made it even harder i never felt at that time i got the help that i needed i went to the doctors and the, <laughs> didn't really get anywhere with it i wasn't given any medication i wasn't really given any any psychologist or psychiatric help you know um maybe i mean i, I suppose that's the the sort of snag sometimes it can be depends where you live and and the people mm. you know whether the doctors embrace it obviously these days they're much more observant of this whereas obviously you know x amount of years ago it obviously wasn't as as obvious really um so i felt that most of that period was i don't, it's almost to the point where i barely remember part of that life the sort of my early 20s to mid 20s i don't really remember that much to be honest it's almost like i've sort of blocked it out and it it sort of it then is mad you know as life has gone on it's man it's the depression still there but it's manifested more into anxiety i feel um that like i said that's probably about in the last sort of five years or so um i think the anxiety is has come from the fear of being vulnerable as in i think i was so used to sort of putting up barriers you know sort of mental barriers to life up until i got into my 30s that that has then become a situation where as soon as the things started going a little bit wrong um it's my anxiety is just cranked up because i think what happened sort of my late 20s going into 30s was was a bit more stable um it was when i moved up to where i live now um i think it helped a lot you know, I, I, I met my now wife, um, which helped. And so things were going okay. Whereas, like I said, five years ago, I started having a few health issues, um, which didn't turn out to be anything, but it, it almost rocked me. I think mentally it rocked mm. me, um, where it, it almost put, it made me realize that I'm vulnerable to things, you know, whereas I think for the few years leading to that, I wasn't. Um, and I, again, five years on, I don't think I've ever recovered. I sort of, I panic a lot more. I don't suffer. I've, I've suffered with panic attacks, which I've never suffered with prior to that. Um, I, I, and also in the last couple of years, obviously becoming a father, having the responsibility of a family. Uh, my daughter has cystic fibrosis, which is an, you know, another, um, thing to deal with, which is going absolutely fine. But obviously that adds a, a lot of uncertainty and, uh, and stress to obviously that situation. Um, and it sort of, I would actually say, in a way, 
that this period in the last X amount of years has been worse than probably, you know, my depression back in, um, which kicked in when my parents split up. I, I don't know why I, I can't sort of quantify why this has been harder. I think maybe because I'm older and you sort of, you feel like you understand things a bit more. Whereas I think when you're younger, even though life was shit, you sort of feel that you just get on with it. You know, you just think, right, I need to keep my family together. Whereas like I said, when you're sort of in your thirties and then going on to your forties, you I you know, feel more vulnerable, like there's more responsibility and more things can go wrong. And like I said, you know, becoming a father has become one of the best things ever, but you know, that it brings fear as well, the fear of the unknown and obviously the fear of having that responsibility, you know, arguably the ultimate responsibility. And I mean, the good thing that, 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 that has happened is that because, because my daughter's cystic fibrosis, we've got a medical team that we, that we see, um, to that monitor her constantly, but also that involves a psychologist, a psychologist. And I have regular sessions with her now because obviously the, the reason we have a psychologist is that obviously they want, and the same for any, any parents that have, uh, of children with cystic fibrosis, you, you have a psychologist because obviously they want you to be mentally stable for because not 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 to be like you're going to do anything wrong but obviously they want you in the the best way you can be because obviously to be supportive for your child so if you know i if you're doing okay in theory you know it'll help your your child um the good thing is that that my psychologist has embraced my issues that are nothing to do with my daughter's situation so in because obviously because she's got remit to sort of cover whatever we want it's been good because actually for the first time you know and i'm in my mid-30s it's the first time i can actually talk to someone that understands me and it feels it feels you know enlightening but also i feel i don't know the best way to put it i suppose i feel that it's taken that long to you know it's taken a, a completely separate event for that to happen and i find that a shame but you know that's just being you know being pessimistic really i suppose um but yeah that's and that's sort of where i am now you know i i feel that my anxiety probably overtakes my depression but they i think they go hand in hand ultimately you know i like you, you both yourselves i have my very dark days um which i think is harder now you know, because of, of responsibilities, um, because of my family, because of my daughter. Uh, it sounds silly, even this podcast, you know, it sort of, you you know, you don't, uh, it, it puts, you know, it puts, you know, not when I say pressure, but, it you know, you've got responsibilities where, you know, people have expectations. And obviously, if you're in one of your dark days or, you know, in some cases, almost a dark week, you know, it's, you feel that you've, you know, you've got to, try and fight it and it's it's not easy but um but yeah i think that would summarize my sort of situation really um i think the only difference is i've not ever taken any medication um i've tried not to if i'm being honest again that's not a, i'm saying that's the right way you know doing it is the wrong way i just i don't i didn't i've tried to deal with it without that um mm. you know that that's just my personal preference as opposed to it you know as being being right or wrong um, but yeah, that's sort of where I'm at now. I would say just just about ticking over, <laughs> really, <laughs> which I think sums up a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I'm being honest, so it's funny. It took me um took me until about the same age to actually get any help as well. Mm. It wasn't until I was in about my mid thirties that I finally actually got some proper help. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. I tried like like I mentioned at the very beginning. You know, it's because of because of my age in the mid eighties, and these things just weren't even talked about. You no, know, of course it, they weren't. It was proper to be. Mm. You know, 
and they were, my parents were from the 50s, you know, if somebody in the family had mental health issues, you didn't talk about it. Hmm. You know, it just didn't get spoken about, let alone actually going to a doctor to see about it. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's a thing. That's, that, in that respect, you know, younger people have got at least in a better boat than I was in that situation. Mm. You know, it's, it's much easier to go to a doctor these days and talk about it without getting any issues at all. Oh, my mm. doctor's absolutely amazing, like I mentioned. No, that's good. That's good that that's the situation. I think that I still think it's hard these days, but I think it's more hard on your own basis as opposed to the, like I said, I think, like I said, in this country anyway, for us, Adrian, I think, well, like I said, we're yeah. pretty lucky that we're very there, is, fortunate. there is people available to speak to, but it doesn't happen unless you, you know, unless you instigate it. I think that's the hardest thing for, for a mm. lot of us. It, like you said, it's that it, it, to some people, it's still a taboo subject. And yeah. I, I mean, I've had, you know, conversations with people or I say had conversations, I've heard conversations. And I think the reality is for a lot of people, which are fortunate to never experience any mental health issues is I think some people just don't, can't comprehend it. So, you know, and, that, and that's not, again, that's not a criticism at all, because again, I suppose it's like anything, if you never experience it, you, you know, you can't ultimately empathize with it. And I think that's the thing. I think some people I've seen it where they have mental health issues, but the people around them are not mentally health, mental health. I'm trying to think of the right word, but they can't. They, they don't, they don't, they can't comprehend it. Yeah. yeah. They just don't have the awareness to yeah. comprehend it. So yeah. It, it you know. just doesn't, pro- it doesn't process them. No, exactly. And, and I think that's, and that's, again, that's not a criticism at all because again, it's, no. it's like anything. No, it's just what you know. Yeah. It's exactly. what you're aware of. And I think it's also just unlucky for that person. And that, that's why it's even more imperative for them to, to seek the right advice and, and, and help, yeah. really. Whereas I think some people, if they have got people around them, even if they haven't experienced it, where they can at least empathise um, with it, um, it makes such a difference. That's why like I said my psychologist is fantastic because she, I mean, obviously it's her job, but she, you know, she, she says things before I say it. And that means that I know that she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Whereas, mm. you know, the people around me have, you know, like, even, you know, and again, I've had the conversation with my wife because she's been part of it. Um, part of these, obviously these talks because obviously the psychologist, but again, cause she's never experienced the things I have it, you know, she's had her own issues, but not to that sort of level. So that it's that, you know, the empathy can be very hard, which, you know, yeah. but she does try to be fair to her. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Oh, it's quite tiring actually when you <laughs> talk about yeah. these sort of issues. Um, yeah. So I think now we, we've, like I said, it, we've, you know, talked about what uh, we've, we've uh, had in our past. I think, like I said, it's now appropriate time to relate it to the hobby, really. Um, because obviously yeah. that's the part of the, uh, the purpose of this episode. Um, and, and obviously, you know, a few of us, like yourself, Adrian, has, has already alluded to about this. So <laughs> it's, I mean, the good thing is, I, I don't know if it's about the same for you guys, but I think it's quite a prevalent thing in our community, mental health. There's a lot of people, you know, especially I've, some of the people you follow I've, on like Twitter yeah. and such like that, where it's almost like they go in, again, hand in hand, where you, you know, you experience mm. some of the mental health issues, but of, uh, war, you know, Warhammer and, you know, war gaming as such. Um, do you think, I mean, Adrian, do you think that's true? That- uh, I, I, from the people that I talk to, I think so, definitely. Um, probably because it is such a good out, outlet coping strategy. I don't mm. know what you want to call it, really. <laughs> but there were so many things in the hobby that helped depression. Mm. It certainly mm. helped me. Um, definitely seemed to help a lot of people that 
you know, do mention on, I mean, I tend to use Twitter the most, that mention on there that, you know, they're suffering from depression and then they'll sort of say, you know, what things about the hobby that help them with it. Mm. You know, they, it's, it seems to be very common. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we're alone by any means. No, not at all. I mean, do you think it's the same over your way, Cameron? I'm not sure in my actual local local community, but um, okay. I, I think I think because you know that don't know a lot of the people very well in my local community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's just because I don't get out for games no, I don't that know often. Anybody but, in my um, local area? So. <laughs> yeah, but um, I definitely feel it is a hobby that attracts people maybe who tend towards our issues simply because, as Adrian said, it's really good as just a way of letting things out and dealing with stuff. Um, and I definitely know that the online community we're all a part of i think is really really good for a lot of reasons but one of the reasons is a lot of people are open about their issues um with mental health and everything like that Mm. and you know we've got a really flourishing community of really accepting and understanding people which is really really lovely (laughs) it is um yeah when you're having a bad day and you can you can just sort of say on twitter you know everything just sucks and there's no reason everything Mm. just sucks today which happens, yeah. yeah. You know, and those of yeah. us who are in this boat will know that. You know, it can be a lovely sunny day, no reason whatsoever, and it just feels like somebody's just dropped a twenty-pound blanket over your head. Yeah, mm-hmm. and everybody gets it, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we know." Yeah, that's yeah. nice. It helps a lot. I was going to ask, what do you, what you know? This is both of you, really. I'll start with yourself, Adrian. Where, where, why, why do you think people gravitate towards this hobby? I mean, it, like I said, I, I mean, obviously, there's many hobbies out there, but like I said, this one, our hobby, seems quite pertinent for. You know, for people that have mental health, health issues, why, why do you think that is? Um, I think there's quite a lot of reasons to it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I certainly notice with myself is I've got very active imagination, so I'll think about things a lot. Having a somewhere to actually focus that imagination is really useful. Um, you know, so we like to create scenarios in our head and things about things that could happen. If you're doing that with a story or a game, then obviously you're getting more into the game. Um because there are other people who are in the same boat as us, we mm-hmm. can find friends who think the same way we do, which for me in real life is very, very hard. Um, you know, there are people I talk to, but there aren't people I feel I can totally open up to as much as easily as I can to people on Twitter that I chat to, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. But that actually seems to be the way the world is a lot, a lot now. Yeah. So like you were saying about the community. Yeah. That's, mm. that's a big factor of it for me. Definitely. Yeah. Um, cause we do have a great community, but the art, yeah, the art side of it, the painting, um, I don't know if I, oh, it's hard to describe, but you have to sort of just focus your mind on one thing and being creative. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think that actual creative, I mean, you do a lot of green stuff and mod, um, kit bashing, don't you, Cameron? Yeah. <laughs> that's something I love seeing you do because yeah. I think that must be so much fun to do and to be able to create something unique. Mm. And it's actually something I want to get into doing a bit more because mm, I think, yes. yeah, I think that creativity side and artistic side of it, I think that's really, really appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The precise reason why it helped, I couldn't say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think, you know, I'm, I'm not that much of a psychologist to understand why that helps so much, but it definitely, mm. definitely helps me, and I think it helps a lot of people. Yeah, I think yeah. I, th- I was going to say I think it may be because it's tangible. You can see yeah. what mm. you've done, and I think what's quite very well, very good about our community in general is that yeah, okay, it's got its faults like every community, but it, sure. it when it comes to when people have done something, pe- people are very praising of it. Yeah, and even yeah. if it's not, you know. Gold, you know, golden demon standard. It's still people like, no, you know what? You've put a good amount of effort into that. Keep going. Yeah. You know, you've done well. Mm. It's a very encouraging mm. 
community, I would say. Um, I, mean, even, so. I mean, even our Discord is a sort of a microcosm of that, really. You know, yeah. where where you know we just all encourage each other, and you know, and, and you see it, like I said, in the greater community. And I think it's, it, I, I know this may not be the case, but I think there's probably part of us is it's almost probably a childhood thing as well. That in the sense, oh, where, you know, for a lot of us, we were into this when we were younger. Not all, not everyone. Some people that have come yeah. to it later in life, but I think it's almost. For me, it reminds me of the good times, like the pre, you know, the pre shit times. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and it's, I think you know, for us, it's just collecting toy soldiers. But I think it's almost like you can, it's that escapism, isn't it? Where you can mm. you can come into this sort of community in this in our little world here, where you can you know you can paint and play with your toy soldiers, and don't worry about you know some of these other things for X amount of time. It's it yeah. is definitely a, a massive form of escapism, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't, think, I don't think there's any harm in that at all. Either. No, no, no. Yeah, Not at all. and there's some there's something about with this hobby specifically. There is something about the customizability of your own experience within it that is, I think, really appealing yeah. to people who want to maybe take small steps into things or only want a very particular thing. Like being quote unquote in the hobby can mean almost anything. You could just read mm-hmm. the Horus Heresy books, you're a part of the hobby. You could yep. collect and paint exactly what's on the box of every box you buy. That's still in the hobby. You can do, you know, very unique conversions and kit bashes, or you can do incredible paint jobs, or you can just sit on Twitter and yell about um, <laughs> an, an online animation parodying the parody <laughs> of fascism that is 40k and things like that. Like, And that's all being within the community. You can really pick and choose what you want to interact mm. with and you have you have a level of control over your experience in the hobby, which I think is appealing to a lot of people. And then, you know, you can choose where you want to be and then you can slowly expand your borders. And I feel that is something that makes it a lot more approachable, especially for people um, with, you know, if you have anxiety, you have a lot of issues with sort of getting to know people, getting face-to-face with people, you can take it slow. You can order models online and, you know, mm-hmm. post things anonymously online if you really don't want any particular attention. And... As you both said, the online community tends to be super positive uh, about people's yeah. efforts, whether they're brand new or experienced, like champions of the hobby. Mm. And that's a really positive reinforcing thing, which I think is what keeps a lot of us hooked, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I think that it's because, you know, the, the internet can be savage. We all know that. So it's mm. nice that, uh, that people in general, are, you know, are very encouraging and this way it should be ultimately. I think, yeah. I think it, the, the, the beauty of our community is it's one of those where you, you feel, I personally do know you feel like you're with like-minded people where, you know, yeah, you know, people will argue, especially if you're in the competitive mm. side, this is better than that and, and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, you know, most people are just trying to learn off each other. Like I said, whether that's mm. learning how to, to paint or how learning the law and things like that. I think that it sort of, you know, it's just a, a lovely grim, dark rabbit hole to go down. But, but like you said, like you both said, is that, you know, you've got so many possibilities, you know, within this hobby that, that it, you know, that it is very, you know, within, 
reason, probably financial reasons, it's li- it is limitless. Really, you can mm. find your niche here, and and oh, yeah. um, and also I think because it's so well established as well. You know, this you know yeah. Warhammer has been going a long time, and and yeah. and also we're lucky. We're probably up, arguably in its golden age at the mm. moment, as we've you know said on this show before. So I think that um, definitely, you know, uh, and also I think as well is that if you see uh, people that you know, have mental health issues that are getting into this hobby. I think, again, it's that sort of thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I am I have my own issues as well. Maybe I should get into hobby as well. It's almost, you know, you see, like, is this... Because, again, it's acceptance, isn't it? We, mm. I think, as human, you know, as, uh, you know, it's a, a human trait. We'd like to be accepted by people, you know, yeah, whether we yeah. aren't or not. We It's just a human nature thing. We want people to, you know, we want to be part of a community. That goes to, to you know, the cavemen times. And yeah. and this is the same thing. We're, we're lucky, we're, you know, we're very good community for that and i think that's what people embrace we go oh you know there's all you know i can well i can go in and play with toy soldiers and be myself you know i mean that's great that's fantastic that's the way it should be yeah i can i can can take this little plastic figure and give them a name and a voice and and my warlord's charging in yeah yeah it's totally okay to let yourself go it's absolutely brilliant speak saying somebody's never actually played the game but i totally get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, oh, i'm it. just quite happy painting and making uh, stuff and that's it, it. i am slowly it. eventually going to get to play a game but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're saying about the different you know the different aspects of it you can love mm. yeah you know I, I absolutely adore this hobby but i've never played the games yet oh, you don't ever need to if you literally don't want to it's that's the again that's the the greatness of it you're in a situation where you you and and also it's a very i think what it does help it's a very goal-driven hobby you can set mm. goals uh, which a lot of you know a lot of other hobbies you know depend like we like with video like again if you compare it to video games again has obviously it's it's perks as well but setting goals in that is not as easy you know you can say well i want to complete this many games by the end of the year but that's that's a very you know up in the air sort of thing whereas like i said with our hobby you, go, that, you know yeah it's that tangibility like you said yeah there's yeah. there's physical result yeah. And also the fact you can end up doing a completely different goal. Like I said, like you just said, Adrian, you know, you're just used to painting, but at some point you go, you know what? I'm going to play a game, you know, which is totally different to what you've been up, you know, your hobby up to that point, playing and painting, a, you know, a completely well, different can't. spectrums apart. So, you know, that's, uh, it's great that you can, you know, there's that, or you can go, all right, you know, what? I'm going to read the Horace Heresy books. Um, you know, again, it's a totally different tangent to, but but you're still within the realms of the hobby. Or you, again, you can stick to you, what you're comfortable with. You know, and I think that's what it comes with. Mm. Um, I mean, talking about, like I said, our experiences. I mean, do you what you know? Again, sorry, yourself, Adrian. What do you think? Mm. You know, you've you've done. What do you think? It, what do you think it's helped? How do you, or how do you think it's helped? You know, doing oh, being part of this hobby. You personally, in so many ways, I've actually got friends I can talk to now because. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't, I struggle finding anybody in real life that I can talk to because the anxiety side of it, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel comfortable going out and about in public and things like that to go play the games. Hence the reason why I've never played them. I just get really, really anxious at even the thought of it, but I do need to work on that. But yeah, I've still got friends I can talk to. So yeah, the, the friendship side of it, that's a huge factor for me. Um, but also actually sort of give myself some sort of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, a lot of the side of my depression is just, like I can mention earlier on, it's like a sense of utility. Um, and then going back to that thing that I mentioned earlier as well about the, you know, the up, being able to leave something artistic behind. I made a, um, you guys might remember, I made that Celestine little diorama for yeah. my daughter for yeah, her birthday. Yeah, yeah, with the scroll. Yeah. Um, yeah, she absolutely adores it apparently, loves it to bits. Um, and she'll treasure that. And it's, okay, it's 30 pounds worth of plastic. 
uh, something mm-hmm. that you know I put a few weekends into to making special for her, but she views it as art and something special. I think that's being able to do that. Yeah, that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. That's something that I could actually go, I could paint something, and if I get run over by a bus tomorrow, somebody might see it in two years' time on the online and go, "That's cool. I really like that," and I've left something behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I try not to go too dark down the rabbit hole, but yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, yeah, I've got a positive outlet for the use of my imagination is kind of one way I'd put it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, instead of sort of overthinking about bad things, I can look at a pile of plastic and go, how can I make that look cool? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, put, yeah, put my, my thoughts and my imagination to a good direction. That's definitely a biggie. There's one really weird one that I wanted mm-hmm. to mention, a benefit, <laughs> and this is... Um, it's much more of a physical one. I don't know how much this would apply for other people. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I upgraded all my lights. Mm-hmm. Um, I switched the main light in my room to a 6500K light frequency. I don't know if you folks obviously know much about all this. And also bought a desk lamp as well with various color temps on it. Um, so when you're painting, if you've got light, you want your lights to be about 6000K light frequency. It's a much whiter light. It's much closer to natural daylight. Um, so it just helps with your actual painting. Mm-hmm. But the other positive side of that is that's exactly what um, is recommended for using if you suffer with SAD, where you're suffering from not enough daylight hours. Yeah, yeah. So actually having that bright daylight light on in the evenings has actually helped me so mm-hmm. much. And it's really weird because it never clicked to me before to actually just go buy some. <laughs> so, yeah, weird tangent positive side from the hobby is now I can paint a bit more accurately. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lighting's that the actual lighting itself that I'm using for the painting is helping with my depression as well. Yeah. Oh, win win. Um to the point of yeah, the one with the variable t- variable colours I've actually sort of had to start remembering to turn it onto a warmer redder colour at about half nine because otherwise I'm wide awake at three in the morning. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> it has that much it has that much of an effect on your brain. Mm. Your brain just goes, Oh, it's still three o'clock in the afternoon. You look at the clock and it's one in the morning, it's like, oh god. <laughs> So yeah, you got to be a bit careful with it. But yeah. yeah, that's a that's a weird benefit to the hobby no, that I didn't initially think of. Mm. Oh, cool. But oh. yeah, I think those are probably the main things for me. But number one and above all, it's definitely the friends in the community, yeah. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. The friendship, the support, encouragement. Yeah, you can't put a price on that. No, no, exactly. No, I'd agree with that. Uh, how about yourself, Cameron? Um, yeah, I'd agree with a fair few percent. I haven't gotten any daylight bulbs. Might be an idea for when we get into winter. It's not as much of an issue here in Australia, obviously, as long as we open the curtains. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, but for me personally, getting back into the hobby, because I've talked about on the show, you know, I, I was into Warhammer sort of throughout middle to late high school and then kind of dropped off while I was in university and got back just before we started up this this show. Um, I never really stopped doing model-related stuff during that. Like, I played a little bit of War Machine. I played a little bit, a bit of Malifone. I often picked up models either for D&D or just because I liked the way they looked. But um, actually getting back, back into the hobby, like, full-on, you know, I, I want to be invested and interested in Warhammer again has primarily been an exercise in overcoming my anxiety um i've also mentioned a few times before on the show the very first time i went back into a games workshop was um more or less not necessarily for our first episode but you and i matt we'd been talking about getting the show started i went yeah i should go to i should go to a games workshop and see what's (laughs) available now um and so i picked the middle of the day on a friday which is 
uh, picked that because I knew no one was going to be there. Because, um, you know, people are busy at the last day of work of the week. Um, and I walked in there and it was just me and the manager in a store. And I was a wreck. Um, I, I can think back now and I can feel sort of my chest tighten up like I was tripping over my words. I was sweating. I couldn't yeah. look him in the eye. But he was... Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was really unfailingly kind and has continued to be so. Thanks, Michael. You're the best. Um, <laughs> probably listening. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was he was super kind and super understanding about all of it. Didn't specifically say what issues I was having, obviously, but you know, um, he deals with nervous, quiet people a lot. I would assume. Um, and you know, I walked out of there with a big box of models and. Um, over the year after that, uh, as we got the show going and, you know, I got more and more involved in that local community, sort of step by step overcame my anxiety. I went, I went up to the store more, I got comfortable with the manager and then I got comfortable with a few of the regulars and then I just got comfortable there, uh, which is a really nice feeling <laughs> to go out yeah. somewhere in public and just feel like you belong there and feel mm. comfortable there, even though, you know, you might only go there once a month because sometimes I, I just don't go for a month and a half because I just can't fit in my schedule. But it is somewhere I can go where I feel like I fit in. Even if there's not a lot of other people around, I can sit down, I can paint, I can chat. Um, I know a lot of people there casually and I know a few people there a little more closely. But it's, it's nice because it is sort of that practice of, if I can do this, surely I can go out to the city for whatever reason, or I can go out down to the other shops for whatever reason. You know, you know, if I have to go up to the shops up there for, you know, a doctor's appointment or for grocery shopping, I can, I can have a little visit to the Warhammer store as a treat. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's been really, really good for my anxiety in that. Um, I feel it has been helpful with my depression as well, but like less obviously helpful. Like, I think what Adrian says about it just filling a lot of empty head time of, you know, there's always something to think about with the hobby is part of that. Like, I oftentimes find myself thinking, what did, what did I think about three years ago? <laughs> like, because I wasn't thinking about this and I don't know what else I would be thinking about, honestly. Um, <laughs> all kinds of things running through my head at all hours of the day. Um, 95% yeah. of them Warhammer related and the other 5% yeah. might be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, things like, you know, thinking about the latest book I'm reading or a cool conversion I saw online or what I'm working on or like, wouldn't this be a cool idea for a thing? Um, I know a couple of days ago I sat down with a laptop first thing in the morning, just wrote for three hours and produced a draft of stuff for our upcoming anniversary episode. Um, mm. and it's just, it's just <laughs> filling my head all the time. And it's, it's because I'm thinking about these things presumably I'm not thinking about more depressing things is part of that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it is giving Definitely. me something I have a positive association with to think about. Um, I find a lot of the times when I'm feeling high anxiety or deep depression, it is really good for me to do something with my hands. Like yeah. Aaron, Aaron always says I'm a little funny cause I enjoy washing the dishes, but washing the dishes is really good cause it means my hands are doing something and my brain is focusing on not cutting myself on while I'm cleaning a knife and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's yep. just something to do, which is sometimes what you really, really need. And so uh, part of the reason I do all these conversions and kit bashes is because yeah. it is really comforting for me to sit down with a big box of random 
you know, bits of plastic and metal and resin and uh, putty and stuff and just kind of push them together into a shape. It's, it's exercising control. It's exercising creativity. It is focusing, again, a big thing, focusing my mind down onto this one thing instead of anything else. I don't need to think about that. I can't think about going to work tomorrow. I have hobby saw halfway through a $200 model. Can't think about that. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, it, 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 it is a very good way of focusing yourself down. Um, and, yeah, doing stuff with your hands. And then, yeah, just really, really the positive community, I think, is probably the best part of it. Like, not just in person. I'm happy. I'm very happy and very lucky to have a very nice... Uh, it's not so local since I moved, but it is still the store I primarily go to. Um, it's worth the 30-minute drive. Um, and But then our online community, both in our Discord, on Twitter, on most forums, and probably a few forums that are not so nice, um, is really, <laughs> really fantastic. And for me, uh, forum and online discussions is what really, really harkens back to the early days of the hobby for me. Because when I was in high school, that was the primary way I interacted with it. I was in the, um, there was a Tyranids forum called The Shadow and the Warp, I believe. Um, and I hung out on there a lot because Tyranids were my first army. And I still have a guy on Facebook actually over, from over in Queensland um, who I met there. And we have a quick chat every now and again. He's lovely. Um, there was a... I never, I've never played the Inquisitor role-playing game, but I was really, really active on the Inquisitor forum, which is called the Conclave, uh, when I was in years 11 and 12. Um, <laughs> and that was, the, for that year, those couple of years, that was my primary interaction with the hobby, was, you know, hopping on the computer at night and chatting with all these people and, you know, writing stories with them. Um, despite never playing the game, I wrote an entire article on how to, like, put dirty fighting rules like grapples and gouging and pocket sand and stuff into your games <laughs> um, and got, got it published in one of their online web magazine thingamajigs. Um, one day I'll play that game, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> Gotta make that right. <laughs> um, but yeah, though, these, these, these online communities for me have always, not always, always, because you know, when I first got into the hobby, I was like 13 and didn't really have any place being in an online community, I'd say. But like, they are the they are a core part of the hobby for me like i can't imagine doing warhammer and not being involved either on twitter or on reddit or on some other forum and talking to people about it seeing what everyone else is doing for me is both massively inspirational and wonderful because it makes me think about new things that i might not have seen before like um <laughs> the bloodthirster <laughs> made entirely out of the citadel skulls kit which has been going around <laughs> yeah. recently and like just wow. Just seeing that level of creativity and all these interesting ideas and stuff is ridiculously good. Um, and it's yeah. often one of the things that can sort of brighten my day up. If I'm feeling low, I'll scroll through the Realm and Ruin Twitter <laughs> and be like, you know, what's Kirioth up to? What's Scarlet yep. doing? All these kind of people, these these figures now commuting. What, what's going on? It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> a little home away from home style situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all very valid points. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think... The, the key thing you've hit upon is that Warhammer is such a great way to, I suppose, almost distract yourself from, mm. like I said, all the nonsense that goes on in our brains on a, on a <laughs> second by second basis. And yeah, it, it does. I think once you're into it, it 
I suppose for all of us anyway, it, it does take us over a, a bit like you, Cameron. I think since mm. we've been doing this show and obviously getting back into Warhammer, it's it's apart from you know <laughs> the main things like family and such like it's the main thing I focus on now. It's completely mm. probably taken over most of my hobby in general. Like, you know, you know when it comes. I mean, I do watch films and do other things, but it's it's nowhere near to the amount I would do since being into into this hobby. And I think. Yeah. It's now like you know, it's all I really think about. Even if it's like, oh, cool, we could do this for a future episode, or mm, I must mm. get that model. Or, I really want to read that book, and constantly thinking of cool stuff. Again, most of them probably never will see the light of day because that's obviously <laughs> yeah. not enough time yeah. <laughs> to do all these ideas. But at the same time, it's it's lovely to have that sort of, it's, and it also feels healthy. It feels healthy to be ticking over with these lovely ideas, and mm. you know, just park them away. And you know, they may, like I said, they may come around in six months time who knows when you get mm. a bit of inspiration but like yeah. you said the, you know what we see in the community what you know what cool things people do whether it's on our like I said our our own little discord community or it's the the wider one you see you know like you see what cool things people do and it can be amazing and it just comes out of nowhere and you think wow what, you know what, how you've done that is just absolutely fantastic and then like i said it it you know it inspires and and it, you know, I so sort of joking aside. I, I, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm getting this reputation for being a bit of a pusher on, um, <laughs> on our, in our community when it comes, when our, especially on our Discord about push, you know, uh, encouraging people to buy bottles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to, I don't want to add that I don't get any financial gain out of doing that. But I, uh, no, but I do it because I like to, you know, I like to people to enjoy what they do. Again, I always just you know, say these things, you know, it's like, oh, should I be in what, you know, I'm interested in maybe this. I'm like, well, you could get this, you could get that, you mm. could do this, you know, it's just, because I want, you know, I don't, I want people, not sorry to spend all their money, but I just, I want people <laughs> to enjoy the hobby as much as I do. And I think yeah. that, mm. you know, with that, and as long as they're happy doing that, I wouldn't, I'd never want to push people down a route that they don't want to go down. But, you know, I, I suppose it's, you know, a bit like when we did our last episode, we said like, "What, what, what, what do you wish people enjoyed more in the hobby?" And I think that's mm. the thing, isn't it? If you, if there's certain things you personally enjoy, even within this hobby, you want other people to enjoy. Because like, no, no, that's you know, that's why I, I will always push certain novels. I'm like, no, you should read this book. It's cool. Mm. Yeah. You know, you get to read all these cool things about you know X, Y, and Z, and. It, you know, and that's it. Um, you know, the, I just think that there's so much to enjoy in this hobby. There's, and like we were saying earlier, there's a there's a bit of everything there for everyone. It's, mm. You know, come along, take your piece. You know yeah, what? Have yeah. your cake and eat it. You know, you mm. know, you can have more. You know, if you want to be into various parts, do it. It's it's so worth it. And um, I think, I mean, I, I think, like we said before, it's a privilege that we do this show. I think being, mm. um, I think it. Uh, I don't know if it's the same for you, Cameron, but I think it it it, it by doing this show it gives us a bit, again a bit more of a purpose as well you know i feel like yeah. i'm i yeah. feel like we're contributing in mm. you know hopefully in some sort of capacity <laughs> you know even if it's for people just something to listen on you know to in the background but i feel and that's where i think comes responsibility um and i you know i and i, I think even with this hobby um it uh, so, you know listeners of the show would probably have would remember is that i mean i've had ups and downs with this hobby you know especially mm. on a on a physical front um when it comes to building models and and doing my stuff i you know i've it's not all been great because you know and again that ties into my anxiety i think and yeah. where i'm you know i want to get stuff done and then you know 
I don't get stuff done. And then, you know, you feel worthless. You feel like you're, you're not contributing. You know, there's people bashing mm. out amazing stuff and you're doing sod all. And, uh, you know, it's trying to teach yourself not to, you know, to get into that mindset. Um, yeah. but I think in recent times, um, as I said on the last few episodes, having a situation where you're doing a little bit every day can work wonders. It really, really can. But, uh, but we'll do, we'll save our advice <laughs> for <laughs> a minute. Cause what I think will be quite nice to do now is we'll move on to the, the discord responses we've had yeah. for some of our people on there as well. So, um, so we've got a few responses. What we'll do is we'll, um, we'll take turns to read them out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, again, thanks in advance to the, to the guys that have sent their responses in. So basically, you know, I posted a message in our discord to everyone to say, look, if you, you know, we're going to be doing this mental health episode. If there's anything you want to say, I, you know, what's been your experience when it comes to mental health and the hobby, you know, what have you, you know, is there anything you've done about it or, you know, where you relate the two? Um, yeah, you know, we put that question out. So, um, Adrian, do you want to start with red shadow, please? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, uh, chatting to Red in a private message. Um, this is what he's put. I was just talking to Adrian about mental health a little bit, but how games can help. Don't have to quote this word for word, but we're going to anyway. Um, but it might be food for thought in the episode. So here's what he's actually put. Like, I doubt Borderlands or Halo would be much help for me right now. I play those games to relax because I don't really have anything else to do. Stardew, Stardew is giving me something to do with goals to accomplish require a bit of time instead of shoot this guy or go here so simulation games can give you that sense of accomplishment and getting stuff done that can help combat the depressive episode cool okay yeah. i mean what was the what was the because i, I, I was con- a bit of context, context yeah because yeah. this was <laughs> yeah it's in a private um yeah because sort of basically that sort of that evening neither of us felt like doing any hobbying and you were sort of saying about you know just chatting about sort of maybe playing video games mm. um and how sort of having something like you were just saying about having something to focus on can really be helpful yeah where you're actually having to feel like you've got you're making an achievable goal rather than just doing something for the sake of it mm-hmm. um so yeah we were talking about games that actually help where you've got to have strategies and planning and management of resources and things and mm. yeah mm. So he's been playing Stardew Valley a bit. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about, asked him how he was going. He's like, oh yeah, I've got my gold mine up and running now. Come on. <laughs> I saw mate. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, obviously it's computer games in that context, but yeah, you know, just chatting about depression yeah. and stuff and everything anyway. Yeah. But obviously playing the actual games, you know, playing Warhammer or AOS or whatever. Yeah. It's going to have exactly the same benefit. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. No, Without good. a doubt. You know, planning, planning your lists, focusing on that, remembering mm. all your strategies and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to totally, that's going to give you so many benefits. Mm. And there's other things as well. Yeah. You know, just all the, the maths and all sorts of things you can do. It helps you in lots of ways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, it's a very bad point. I mean, like it's you said, yeah, it's, the, it, it's, the, it's, you know, it, I know obviously it's video games, but like I said, it can easily apply to, to exactly. this hobby. Yeah. It's just having, having a tangible goal, having something where you, I suppose it's, it's, like it's the old improving yourself in some sort of way you know even yeah. you know it's so silly but even even watching some bat reps on youtube can be mm. beneficial if it helps you tactically you know go oh i'm going to use that oh i'm going to use that army list or that you know tweak something in my own next time i play yeah. cool you know yeah that's not, yeah. not I, waste I, I, I watch time. them all that i watch them all the time yeah, just so I can understand what people are talking about yeah. and actually get that side <laughs> of it. But now, I, once I start doing that, it's like, oh yeah, I actually really enjoy watching a good game, seeing what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. It's quite funny. Yeah, don't really watch sport, but I watch those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it that way. 
Nice. Right. Okay. Thanks for that, Red Shadow. Um, Cameron, do you want to do maths? Yeah. Yeah. So this is from Mephistrix. Um, the hobby has been a bastion against the world for me for many years. The escapism and personal accomplishment have helped me through plenty of life's darker times, deployments, deaths, and all the stress that life comes with. I recently, with the help and support of my wife, saw my doctor about my general mood and lack of motivation. I was diagnosed with moderate depression and anxiety, which is a tough thing to come to terms with. We grow up in a culture where we are expected to be perfect, tough it out, and bury our problems deep down. Long story short, a few months later, after some medication and a therapist, I'm feeling dramatically better than I have in a long time, and my hobby drive is fantastic. Moral of the story, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. There's no shame in it. It may be the hardest thing to do, but it is worth it. You are worth it. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's really no, good. That's, no, well done, Matt. That's really good. Really that he's uh, managed to make things better for himself. And mm. a very valid point. You yeah. Know, it, yeah. He has been killing it with don't... his beast of chaos lately. <laughs> <laughs> he really has. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And I, I mean, and I'm, I'm really pleased for him that, that, you know, that the, the hobby is obviously helping him overcome things. And, mm. but like I said, the other key point takeaway from that is exactly what you said is that don't be afraid, afraid to have, you know, to ask for help, which is sort of why we're doing this, this episode it is to get yeah. the word out there to get people yeah. thinking. So no, no, really pleased for him in that regard. Cool. Right. Uh, Adrian, do you want to do sweet Kenny P please? Yeah. Um, so like I say this is from sweet Kenny P having ADHD as well as the comorbid depression and anxiety, being able to paint helps me find something to focus on and use my use motor skills and repetition to keep myself thinking straight. In addition, having a few armies across settings allows me to lose focus, but still be overall focused in the hobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely suffer with that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart, honestly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it relates to some of what you said about motor skills. It's sort of almost similar to what you were saying, Cameron, about keeping your hands busy, wasn't it? Mm, sort of to yeah. focus, like doing the washing up and and doing some modelling. It's sort of the yeah. same sort of principle. Yeah. Again. It's quite a um, sort of heading towards meditation and everything like mm. that. You know, I've got, often mm. seen people mentioning that, that they find painting like med- meditating. Yeah. Um, this reason that doctors tell people to go get a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not, this isn't a mystery. This isn't a new thing. Doctors are aware of this. Plenty of doctors will recommend people to try taking up a hobby mm. to keep yourself something to focus on something to do with your hands and something to think about yeah yeah definitely i mean it plays in also like to the the exercise and getting fresh air situation yeah. isn't it? it's that sort of mm. keeping yourself focused you know give, again it's like a like we said earlier it's like values and focus it's like it's like what does you know what can you get out of life you know and and yeah. and put your energy towards so no, no that's good that he's He's found that sort of, you know, that that uh, situation for him where he can, you know, just get stuck into this hobby. And, and like I said, having a few armies, I know hobby butterfly is always a bit of a, uh, mm. <laughs> it can be seen as a derogatory thing, depends oh. which way you look at it. But mm. I, I think it's good to have fingers in pies, to be honest. I think it works for a lot of us. Me too. You know. Definitely. Variety is definitely really important because there yeah. may be a day where you don't feel like painting or building yep. one particular yeah. thing. You know, if you're building up your army, you think, oh, I don't want to paint marines today. I just want to do something... <laughs> different yeah. you know have, have some beast or animal or something you know from totally other army in your random pile of plastic and think actually i'm just going to do that today because it's got feathers on it and yeah. it's different yeah you know and it's really nice to mm. have that yeah that variety to hand totally agree with you on that yeah. and i think that's why it's worth getting into things like the lore and the stories i know i know because yeah. i know yourself adrian has sort of tried to, to get into it and i suppose 
it's a, it can be quite difficult because obviously there's so much to you know try oh, and absorb well to try and um, comprehend but uh, but again that's why i always you know even for people that are just into the model side or you know or vice versa it, you know do try the other sides because it's like you said is yeah sometimes you're like oh, i really don't want to build anything or paint anything or physically touch anything but just you know just open up a, you know put a bat wrap on put you know yeah. put, get the wiki yeah up, listen get, to an audio book yeah yeah just something just to you know to absorb and it just i suppose it's trying to make yourself almost well-rounded because i think it helps being yeah. well-rounded in this hobby <laughs> to yeah, a degree like, but you know it works yeah definitely like say yeah with watching the battle reports even though i don't play it still yeah it's really helpful i, I try and keep up with what you guys cover on the yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there's so much to take in yeah. some of it goes in some of it doesn't oh it's the same for us i think sometimes we've covered stuff and i'm like i forget about it months later <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot to do cool uh, right, I'll read out the last one. This is from Sigmund Freud. Uh, he says, It's a very difficult thing to put something that can be so private into words meant to be read out to the world. I've often struggled with anger, depression and anxiety. The imagery of the grim dark has often served as an outlet for my darker, angry thoughts, especially when I was younger. I may not be the best painter. I'll certainly never win a golden demon, but I'm proud of my work. It's often the only thing I can consistently say i do that i like the process of modeling painting starting from gray plastic and producing something from it lets me focus i can get my brain to turn off for a while and just work on one thing so much of the fiction in this hobby is about the worst parts of humanity it can be so easy to forget that warhammer is first and foremost satire even if some if, even if sometimes it seems like the designers forget that it's up to us as fans to remember it we're not supposed to idolize these figures we're spo- uh, we're supposed to look at them as a reflection of the worst of our society to me the excess and violence of 40k can be cathartic there can be a tendency in communities like ours to be insular we often want to protect the spaces we claim as ours it makes sense so many of us are harboring these issues deep inside we may or may not share them, and that's okay. You do you. Don't forget that the people who want into our community are attracted to it for a reason. They may come from different backgrounds, have different politics, or even different reproductive organs. Think about how you treat them, how you feel. More importantly, look at how the people around you treat newcomers. If you're listening to the show, there's a good chance you're not the, you're not the one in your community keeping the others out. But what about the people you're hanging out with? Uh, it's a little bit rambling, but I had a lot I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that I mean, he's brought up some very yeah. valid points there. Mm, very, um, yeah, very uh, well said, dude. Yeah, it's again, it's all uh, you know. It's about that, like we were saying earlier, about that part of in, you know being of being included, isn't it? It's about yeah. how you treat others because again, there's so much salt, there's so much nastiness out in the um, <clears throat> in the internet, especially, and I think sometimes. Uh, you know, I mean, this is harking back to the old days of the hobby where, you know, people could be quite, you know, demeaning, could be quite, um, you know, putting barriers up, you know, to, you know, for new people to the hobby. But I think luckily, again, we're in this golden era now where there's a lot more easier ways for people to get in the hobby. You know, you could be going to your, you know, your Waterstones or your Barnes and Noble, you know, your bookshops in the world and you can find Warhammer, you know, it's sort of, you, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's on our TV screens when that new Mortal Realms uh, magazine came out recently, you know, it's, it's now going in, you know, it's in the film industry and things like that. So it's now coming into an area where, and this is what I hope is that, that going forward, that it's not, 
it, you know, it's not our hobby, you know, like it's like we own it. It's like, no, no, it's for everyone at the end of the mm, day, yeah. you know, no matter who you are and how, you know, how you perceive the hobby, it should be the more people that get into this hobby, the better. Cause it's, it's, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with that because it's more ideas. It keeps the businesses afloat, more people to play with more chance of seeing some amazing things that people create. You know what I mean? It's that there's yeah. no per- point putting barriers up. It's not, no one owns this hobby. It's just we're yeah. part of it at the end of the day, I think. But yeah, very definitely. Cause I mean, it, it can appeal to people from all walks of life. Yeah. You know, it's not just cause it, it's not just for the people who are sort of in one particular area of things. You know, I'm, I'm a fairly practical hands-on person, but you know, there could be people who are sort of financial experts and accountants mm. and things who will approach the hobby in a totally different way. Yeah. You know, and they'll bring so much more to it. And yeah, gatekeeping is a horrendous thing. Yeah. Mm. Fortunately, it's not too bad in this hobby these days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely improved a lot. Definitely. But yeah, mm. if you ever see anybody gatekeeping, yeah, just have nothing to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so no, guys, thank you very much for all your, uh, words there that you've given to us because, uh, you know, it takes a lot to yeah. submit them knowing that they were going to be broadcast on this episode. So no, it means yeah. a lot that you've, all you guys very have done that. Sorry. So. No, thank you very much for that. Uh, right, okay. Well, I think it's almost time to wrap this one up. Um, but what we'll do just before we do that is, are there any sort of advice or suggestions that we either reiterate what we've said before or anything else we've not covered that you think, you know, again, it, for the, in the context of mental health in general, but also in connection to the hobby? Um, Adrian, anything you can think of? Um, nothing new, just to sort of reiterate a couple of things that we've, covered quite a bit i mean the two points that i put down for myself were just purely that um you know if you feel like you can associate with any of the issues that we've talked about and you haven't already spoken to someone go speak to a doctor go find mm-hmm. someone talk yeah. to someone definitely you won't you will not regret it agreed yeah <laughs> uh yeah. cameron um just yeah if you if you if you're feeling severely down or severely anxious or there are a number of other mental health we, we we're all talking about the two most common ones, honestly, there's lots of other things that can affect yeah. you, but of course, yeah, yeah. If, if, if you feel like you need, you need help in some way, please don't hesitate. It's definitely worth it. And it will <laughs> almost definitely, I, I can't say a hundred percent because you know, not everything works for everyone, but it will almost definitely result in a really dramatic improvement in your life. Um, yeah. I'm very yeah. glad I did. Even if at the time <laughs> I was mostly going out of fear of my mother. I love you, mom. Thank you for yelling at me. Um, <laughs> needed it. um, yeah. Um, and just, yeah, make sure you make sure that you don't push yourself too fast necessarily. Like it, it's great to jump into the hobby. Um, it's also probably not the best to, you know, y- you're feeling like this might be something you want to get into or get back into. Maybe don't go by an entire army you saw online and then <laughs> immediately sit down and build all of it and paint all of it and run in baby steps. Baby steps are good. Yep. Do what I did. Yep. Walk yep. into a store, mumble and stutter and sweat for 10 minutes, buy a few models, leave, come back every two weeks until you're fixed. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. So true. <laughs> Very valid advice. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I just echo what these what these two have said. I think that, like I said, if you need advice and help, just go seek it. There's people out there that are willing to help you. And that's mm. the first step, like with everything. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the hobby, like I said, explore all the different things that you can do. 
but but then at the same time don't feel bad if you're only into one aspect of it you know it's mm. there's no mm. rules when it comes to this you do you like people said you do you there's no you do exactly what you want to do as long as you're not hurting anyone just you know just enjoy the hobby for what it is because there's so much you know of it to enjoy and you know, and use it to, to, you know, if you can socialize with people, I know it's difficult, but you know, again, there's, there is a lot as we're hopefully, you know, showing with this episode, there's a lot of like-minded people out there that are scared and have got issues to deal with, but, you know, are trying to, you know, sort themselves out and trying to, you know, give themselves a position that they can, you know, uh, you know, either function or be happy or, and just enjoy the, the hobby. So, you know, do take advantage of that as well. But, uh, but yeah, and I said, just be nice to everyone, <laughs> just be nice yep. to each other. It's such a, it's such a crucial thing, but, uh, but no, like I said, you do you and, uh, and help, you know, do try and, uh, explore all the options out there. And again, that same also with the mental health as well, when it comes to options, you know, there is various methods as we were saying earlier. And, you know, if one doesn't work for you, maybe try something else. There's no, hmm. no harm in that at all. Yeah. So yeah. cool. Okay. Well, thank you very much guys it's been uh it's been deep but that yeah. was obviously what we <laughs> were hoping for and i said hopefully people have uh you know it's it's great if a lot of thought in people listening um so we'll just wrap it up now so adrian thank you very much for joining us always a pleasure to have you back on sir and thank can you, very you much. uh sort of tell people where where you are on the internet what what you do and and such like um i paint plastic um <laughs> Mainly Warhammer, mainly GW stuff, but I'm also into sci-fi and things like that. Um, you can find me obviously in the Roman Room Discord. Mm-hmm. I'm having that a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also use Twitter mainly. Um, I've, my ha- handle is Methodia Models. So if you want to come find me and yeah, say hi. Cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. And yourself, Cameron. Uh, you can, as always, find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Um, come join me as I post photos of cats and yeah. um, <laughs> re- and retweet things about how my government is owned by the fossil fuel corporations yeah etc et <laughs> um, i don't want to be down but that that is the kind of content currently on here so if you're not up for yelling at institutionalized authorities come again in like a month when i'm calmed down um <laughs> <laughs> nice cool uh mm. well you can find me also on twitter at ninja badger seven and obviously you can find our podcast on that at realm and ruin as well so mm. always drop us a line if there's anything you want to talk to us about so i said hope you've enjoyed this episode i know that's a mm. odd term in this context what we're talking <laughs> about but hopefully like i said you've you know for anyone that's listened to this you've got something out of it or, or someone you may know for example um and yeah. like i said i know it's a bit different to our usual sort of stuff but we we felt it's important to do so yep. yeah that's <laughs> that's been it uh and as always look forward to seeing you on the next one bye Ta-ra. cheerio